Welcome to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. I'm your host, Matt Halloran. Being your own loud is not new to marketing, but the mindset, strategies, and resources to help you get there are evolving faster than this industry is keeping up. It is time to find a new perspective on what works why and how to move your business forward. Listen as I interview guests to help you learn from them how to be your own loud. Let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Halloran. Many of you have heard the name Cheryl Hickerson. Uh, she runs Females in Finance, which is the largest female-focused group in financial services, really, I think, in the world. And when she refers somebody to me, I pretty much just jump at it because Cheryl's an unbelievable human being. And uh, I just have an enormous amount of respect for her, which in turn, I had the opportunity to meet Sarah. Now, Sarah is a financial services professional, and that's an understatement. We're going to dive into that a little bit more. But what she has built, and most importantly, what she wrote, I believe is a game changer, not just for the industry, because it's a level of transparency in the book that a lot of you who've written books before didn't really attack. You kind of surfacely talked about issues where Sarah really dove, dove I think that's the right word, divin uh, into it and uh, really explored some very, very important topics. Uh, and we're going to talk about all of that. So Sarah, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much, Matt. Thank, I'm so honored to be here. And um, you're, you're a really big deal too. I, I too am a big fan of, of Cheryl and, uh, you know, we're really lucky in our industry to have such, um, great leaders like yourselves. Thank she's, you. She's, she's phenomenal. And, and being a leader. So, so you wrote a book right now I we've did. had authors on before, but I wanted you on for a couple of reasons. Number one, because because I think again, the real the reality of the book that you wrote and really the the feeling that went into it, I think is is out of the ordinary, but it's right. Uh, number two, you did this while still running a very, very successful financial services practice. And you're also asked a lot because people want to emulate uh, what you've done. And you actually have some good opinions about if people want to do basically what you want to do, that they should be realistic. So that's kind of what we're going to uh, talk about today. Uh, so, so why don't we start there? Why don't we start with why in the hell did you write a book? Yeah, the book I wrote is called Facing Financial Fear, Eight Steps to Financial Freedom for Women. And um, I focused on women. I've, I've had over a 30-year career. Um, I'm affiliated. I'm in the independent space. I'm affiliated with LPL Financial and I have seen so many ordinary people live extraordinary lives, financial, holistic planning and wealth management. So many times commonality, regardless of size of paycheck or, or amount in the bank, I feel like I'm a, you know, a psychologist helping people deal with their fears, not just fear of their money, but um, fear of the next step, the own unknown. And that's where like we as financial professionals, I mean, a lot of is asked of us. And, and that's one of the reasons why very few people can do well in this industry is that we juggle so much. But where we can be really helpful is where we help clients look beyond the corner, you know, the unknown by using history and using our information and giving them a different perspective. 
Well, I'm sorry, elaborate on that. That I that was a very interesting statement. For those of you who are listening to this, you need to rewind 30 seconds and listen to that again. How do you do that? How do you help people understand where they're going by focusing on, on history and experience like that? Well, let's use the current market climbback uh, situation, right? The market's in pullback. You know, some would argue we're in a market meltdown. I really think it's more of a mental meltdown. If you look historically at economic data, at probably I've been through 50 of these in my career. I personally, I don't think this is so special. I mean, honestly, when the, the government pumps that much cash into the system, um, inflation is a, an expected result. And recession is not a bad word. A recession is a normal economic cycle. But when you have a portfolio, and certainly if you just retired or you're just starting out and suddenly your accounts that you're looking at that's offering you stability is suddenly down 20%, for most people we deal with, that's, that's pretty scary. And so rather than you know, ignore it, I think it's important to talk about it and then bring color to that story and help them understand why it's happening but also help them understand how they can benefit from it at any stage or age. Talking about the fear, talking about people's worries, do you think that's something newer? Now, I know that you've been in the business for quite a while, but do you think that that's something that because of the CFP and because of advanced designations and because of holistic financial planning, do you think that that is something that more advisors are embracing as the reality of what they need to offer? Or do you still think that there's people who just quickly, advisors who quickly deflect that and like, I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about whatever, pie charts and bar graphs. Well, I think as a society, um, it's, it's a huge issue. And our industry so many times is so focused on moving forward and being technical and it's, it's easy to get lost. Like you're, you're, you have someone's dreams. I mean, think about it. So many people, especially women have more anxiety going in and talking, being real about their financial situation. They have, they carry a lot of shame with that. Uh, they'd be more willing to get naked in front of a new doctor than they would talk about their income and maybe the debt they might be dealing with or how big their 401k is. Um, as a society, especially for women, and I want to, to help the reader muster, be curious enough to muster the courage to, to be honest about their situation. And then I, I, I do scare them and encourage them to take steps to then seek out advice and do something about it. So that's the, the big feedback I'm getting from um, the readers of the book is they're like, wow, you scared me. And um, I'm, I'm totally taking action because I'm not going to, the most valuable thing people have is time and energy and how you choose to spend that is so important. So circling back to the psychology of it, I think everything starts with what's our perception, what's between our ears and, and how we choose to make decisions. Let's let's explore that a little bit more. How do you begin that conversation? But most importantly, how do you set the expectations with clients and prospects that you are willing to have those conversations? Because I do believe that that's still somewhat out of the ordinary. Okay. Um, 
Well, certainly, and if if you consume any of my my content, I started I started after I went through a really contentious divorce, and um, I started blogging, and it was through my blogging, and surprisingly through channels like LinkedIn, I had people that weren't clients, didn't comment, but they'd come up to me and say, "Wow." Um, you addressed this issue, which was more psychology based. So you were talking to me, you, you made a big impact. And um, that's when I started to realize, okay, this is interesting. There's a lot of people that consume information, but they're not vocal about it. And they, they don't necessarily take action right away. And, and I, I believe I want to live in a world that people with our skills and talents help everyone get a push forward. I don't want to just be an industry that helped the rich get richer. And so in, and I've, in my practice, I we're into diversity and inclusion. We don't have minimums, but the common thing we do have among our clients is they're, they're nice and they're willing to be coachable. And so I feel that by through words and writing, I can touch more people. And that's why I wrote this book. And it's actually a book that would help other financial advisors um, because it would, it will, it will, my hope is that it would drive traffic to them for those people and, and prepare them for those, prepare them for those conversations. I think, I think a lot of advisors want these real conversations, but I don't necessarily always think that they have the tools like your book to initiate that conversation. And, and, and Sarah, you just said something that I want to scream from the mountaintops. It's People were, in, were consuming my content. You started being very consistent with your content. It was thoughtful, meaningful. It was very Sarah, right? Which is really, really important. But there are so many people who you don't know that they saw your stuff because they're not liking, sharing, or commenting on your posts. And all of a the sudden they show up. Man, I, I can't tell you, and I know this happens to you all the time. People are like, yeah, I've been following you for years. I didn't know you even existed. Exactly. Exactly. So when people walk in the door and they come now from all different sources, they may get referred from someone, may come from a client. A lot of them are starting to find us online because the content we produce is resonating with them. And it's not just in my geographical area. I live in Spokane, Washington. Um, we actually have clients that live all over the world. And um, so when someone comes in, I know that they have a certain level of seriousness that they um, are bringing to the table. And um, I, before I even meet with them, I have them do some homework. So during that first meeting, we can really make it productive because that first complimentary, complimentary meeting we give is uh, really to make sure we're a good fit because we're not going to be everyone's cup of tea. Not everyone wants to get real about where their money is and, and why it's important to them or uh, the, the challenges and, and the goals that they have. So in that first meeting, it allows us to really gather enough information, give some meaningful direction to the potential client. And usually at the first meeting, per people know whether or not, um, they want to engage with us. And again, this is by design, you put out enough content that is very transparent with who you are, what you do and why you do it 
that people opt in. I want everybody to understand that marketing has fundamentally changed. People want to opt into your services. They don't want to be sold to. And you are the living embodiment of the success of this. But but let's talk about, uh, so, so as we were preparing for the call, I, I wanted, uh, you know, I say this to everybody, look, I want, I want some warts too, right? I mean, this isn't just all sunshine and rainbows. Uh, what would you have done differently? So in your career, would you have, how would you have navigated your career any differently than you did now in order to, I don't know, help more people accelerate your process, uh, learn more? I don't know. Help, help us understand that. Um, I wish I would have uh, consumed more content like you put out, um, learning from people that have done it. I've grown all my book of business all organically. I do it one person at a time. I have made every mistake I think you can possibly make in this business. Um, I wished I would have had a mentor and been able to talk through some of those hurdles and challenges. I think that's an opportunity today for people. And, and I realize we're all really busy. And so to get someone's attention with a lot of experience might not be opportunistic, but usually there's ways to understand what they're doing by consuming what they're, what, what kind of information they're putting out. So uh, whether it's subscribing to someone's newsletter uh, following them on LinkedIn, um, checking out other social media. When you're at a conference, if you have an opportunity to meet them, speaking up and, and making that connection. Because I do, there are um, lots of younger advisors that I, I follow and consistently connect with. And, and it ends up, we end up learning from each other. So it, it's very helpful. That's that's the big thing I would have done differently. Well, I hope that those of us who've been around for a bit are are creating a more hospitable environment because you know, and when both of us got into financial services, it wasn't that hospitable. It was fiercely competitive and everybody was like, mine, 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 mine. And I think that the world is starting to open up a little bit where people realize that there's more than enough business to go around and we all don't have to be stabbing each other in the back. And with that, right, I hear often, Matt, I don't understand why women look at things so differently than men. And as a male financial services professional, which still is the massive majority in our industry, right? How how do you communicate to your fellow advisors that you do need to have a different kind of conversation with women and especially with the book, right? So, so let's kind of bring this back to the book and in how a male financial advisor who is an advocate and wants to truly be an ally and truly help more women more successfully, how could they use your book to do a better job? Okay. That's a great question. And so the reason why I wrote it for women in particular, um, in part because I know that they, we get stretched so thin as, um, you know, I, I believe there's, you know, I don't know if it's genetic code or, you know, certainly so social norms, but we will, um, take care of our kids, our spouses, our clients, our employers. And we always think we're going to have more time, more energy to do things for ourselves. So as women, we tend to give ourselves away. And um, I, myself, I have two sets of twins. Um, I've built my business, had the success while raising uh, all these children. So I have a lot of empathy because I know it's a big juggle. It's, it's very hard. And I know how easy it is to um, put yourself last, get lost in the shuffle. 
So um, my approach is one that um, strikes that emotion, helps the reader become curious. I believe the way to go from fear to joy is through some curious steps, you know, understanding self-empathy, getting some organization around it, being real about your goals, doing the, the, the financials, the balance sheet, you know, the cash flow, the net worth, and then charting your course and also having systems in place of talking to your significant other. If you're in a relationship, um, I've seen so many people that have been paralyzed, um, take some of my systems and some of them are pretty simple and old school, but they're focused on action and their lives are transformed. I've seen people that have been so freaked out every time they come in because it's, there's a lot of shame. And now when they come in, it's, it's very pleasurable. And, and some of the people that are, have been the most stuck are suddenly free and, and their success gives me lift and, and helps me, um, want to do more. You know, I'm, I'm at an interesting part of my life where my children are now adulting. My youngest ones are in college and, and really looking forward to make a, a really positive impact at this stage in my my career. Hence the book. Well, let's 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 dive into the life transition component because not only have you been a mother of multiples, which as a, a father of of twins, as we had talked about previously, it's a lot of work. And you had two sets of them. Um, you what had a contentious divorce, as you had said earlier, but you also had a very substantial life altering life threatening experience you can share whatever you want on that and i don't necessarily mean to to open a wound or anything but because you have really lived is that also part of this substantial desire to give back and to provide this guidance to not just your clients but the general public a little bit more absolutely and to um, help your listeners understand so um when I was a young mother, my, um, I was on a due diligence trip and, um, I was in a crosswalk and in New York city and I had a hit and run, a hit and run. Um, the car struck me going over 20 miles an hour. Um, I I'm really lucky. I lived, I had really substantial catastrophic injuries. Um, at that time, my children we're all under the age of five. My younger set of twins just turned two the week before. So anyone knows, I mean, you have one child, that's a lot of work uh, to have multiples. You know, it's, it's, it's a, it can be a circus. It can be a real juggle. So going from suddenly being the breadwinner and the one that made everything happen to then being an invalid and being a special needs person was very humbling. It took a lot of through the grace of God and some amazing surgeon and, and, um, a good support system. I certainly had support from my family. Uh, it took three years to get rebuilt about, um, 11 surgeries. I had my pelvis in over 40 pieces. So yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't work, walk from, for a very long time. And so chasing toddlers, I mean, my kids, once, you know, I was like hobbling along. I mean, that was kind of the fun thing that I like to do is run away from me when, cause I couldn't get them right. I wasn't fast enough. So it was, I learned a lot. And through that, um, certainly learned a lot about, um, 
the industry, um, who has your back clients were incredibly supportive. Uh, surprisingly, I didn't lose any clients and it was able to have some office staff to help me service them. I certainly wasn't growing as I was being, um, rebuilt because I, I was on disability for a period of time, I actually qualified for social security disability. So absolutely. That was such a life learning process. What's as awful as it was. I mean, it's, it's strange now, as I look back, I, I realized I was so lucky to have that experience because it helped me understand and appreciate how precious life is. And at any moment, things can radically change. And for me, I had no idea that car was coming on me and hitting me um, until it was too late. Let's pull from the book, right? So you said um, there's eight things, right? Isn't that the number that we, we had? Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I did my, mm-hmm. my research. I just want to yeah. make sure because we get halfway into the show and I'm like, I don't remember the number. So there's eight. So if you were able to like extrapolate one or two and just say for our audience, hey, here's what those are. Here's how you could use them. Could you give some people a little bit of maybe some actionable stuff from uh, from the book so that when they do buy it, uh, they can dive in and they're like, they know where this is and they know what they want to use. Yeah. Um The first part is being curious, having um, kind of getting over that, like having the courage, mustering the courage to be real about what your situation is um, through a series of stories and then some different exercises, but helping people come to grips like, you know, why, what, what is the motivation behind those choices, those purchases that you're, you're, you're making and help them understand that, that there's a difference between being rich or looking rich and being wealthy and wealth is, is money and resources that haven't been deployed and, and looking rich may, you may make a lot of money, but if you're buying a lot of stuff to, to impress other people, you don't know. And, probably wouldn't like if you did, um, you know, you're going to end up with a lot of stuff that you have to take care of instead of having options. So helping the reader understand it doesn't take much and helping them understand the different options of setting money aside and helping them understand that also tying it to emotional goals that they have. I'm big on helping um, people save for different time periods. I mean, I think all your listeners would be very much um, in tune with that. So many times people take long-term money to solve short-term money problems and end up paying a lot of penalties and not having a future. And um, I'm I'm not a big advocate of debt, you know, helping people understand that uh, the different types of debt and helping them uh, reconcile and get real about it. How I've met so many people that, and and even really wealthy people that won't even look at their bank statements. I mean, how do you know if you're not being taken advantage of, if you don't look at your credit card statement, how do you know if you're paying for two Netflix accounts and, you know, unless you're like looking at that data. So also having a post in planning where, you know, setting aside time and, and whether you use technology or you do it old school, like an accordion file, I'm big on, on journaling, um, mainly because of the neuroscience behind it and how it activates different parts of your brain. The big thing I talk about is a lot of things that any psychologist would talk to patients about is when you're having certain impulse 
uh, feelings, um, triggering events to understand, you know, tying it back where that's coming from and realizing that's the primitive part of your brain and uh, helping people activate their frontal lobe and more executive functions so they can think on it, especially with impulse uh, shoppers. So those are some of those uh, topics and some different things I address in the book. You said something I want you to expand on just a little bit though, which is you tie the goals to emotion elaborate on that because that that's a, by the way, as an ex recovering therapist, we used to do that all the time. Right. I mean, that was, that's such a motivator, but how do you do that? Or could you give us a, tell us a story or an example of doing that? Yeah. So, um, a lot of times I work with women in transition and they have, um, certain things that are so important to them and, they end up um, making decisions that then end up creating challenges in other parts of their lives. And so um, one, one woman that um, I, I met at the first meeting had was so proud of coming out of a divorce. She was able to keep the family home. This home was beautiful, uh, very successful professional woman um, providing for her kids and the home was a trophy. And when we really dialed down, realizing that, you know, this trophy is, is costing you another job of income from maintaining this incredible yard, the property taxes, the upkeep was huge, but it was all her ego. And at that first meeting, I, I was, I told her, you're, you're going to have to sell the house. And you would have thought she took a bullet, you know, like she physically responded because her house was so much her ego and it was so, so much of her, her, yeah, her trophy. And um, it was interesting. So then we talked about a strategy, how her kids were still at home and talked about how she came out of this divorce. She's at a different phase in life. Like what about the opportunity of selling the home, helping her understand financially how the tax benefits of doing that other homes she could buy. Well, what was interesting is she, from that first meeting, this was our first appointment. She went in short order and did all that. Like, like within a month, she sold the house. She talked to her kids. Apparently her kids were, were, were thrilled at the opportunity to, to be in a new place, a new um, nest for them to grow. And, and, and they, they also, she, the mother could cut back on, on some work that she was doing. She had a second job to help make everything go. So she, she was able to, to cut back on that job, have more time. And as a, as a result of that one move, she had more discretionary income that then she was able to take um, the children on some family experiences, go back to skiing, uh, do some yoga retreats. And I still, to this day, every time I meet with her, it's such a thrill to, to know this rich, colorful, beautiful life she has because she's not harnessed with a huge mortgage and huge expenses. So that's one emotionally based people can keep themselves small. They don't realize it. What a magnificent story. And, and I'm hoping that our listeners realize that 
if you're honest, that's actually what they're paying you for, or not necessarily because at this point they they might not even be paying you, but the more open and honest you are, I think people really crave that realism that, that I'm going to tell you something and it might sting just a little bit, but I'm telling you this out of love, out of concern, out of experience. Uh, I think that really changes it. And again, and Sarah, I, you and I talked about this on our pre-call a little bit, it, I know that you don't necessarily resonate with everybody, right? We talked about that. Um, and that's okay, right? It, it's okay because what you're doing is you're attracting, but but part of attraction is also repelling. There are certain people like, I'm never going to hire her. I don't I don't like that. Okay, great. Bye. See you later. Uh, I'm going to focus on these people. What, what do you think about that? You're absolutely right. I like to say your vibe attracts your tribe, you know, and, and life is a journey and, and sometimes... I believe you have some relationships that serve a purpose to, and, and sometimes then it will fall away. And, and um, if you're in a mode of grow growth and growing with your clients and evolving, because for me, it's not just about building wealth. It's really about living your best life. And um, you know, so much of, of living your best life is, is getting over those fears. And a lot of times, actually, I spend a lot of times helping my clients spend their money, helping them build comfort so they can go on that vacation. They can educate their grandchildren. They can um, have peace of mind. People tell me they, they sleep well, and that's the biggest compliment I can get. Yeah, that, that is the compliment I think most advisors are, are truly looking for is that there's a level of peace of mind. All right. So as you know, uh, since there's all of these systems and we've already chatted before this and before we even hit record, I, I try to really do my due diligence and make sure that I'm asking really good questions. But uh, I know that I don't know everything. In fact, in the grand scheme, I don't know much of anything. What question should I have asked you that I didn't? Um, probably why did I write the book? You know, there you go. All right. Um, answer. The answer is I've been pregnant with this book almost my whole life. You know, I, I, I came from a family that was talked openly about money and investing. And, um, I thought other people did. I, when I went to college, um, Robert Schiller, the economist, um, he was one of my professors and he has such a whimsical way of making, you know, economics seem really interesting. And so that's how I got in the business and, and realized that at that time there, and there still aren't enough women in the business, but I realized I wanted to um, help people take action and, and build more courage and confidence in that process. And I wanted to, to demystify it because we, we as an industry try to a lot of times impress people and it, all it does is it's like talking a different language. So I really strive to try to talk to people at a level that they can understand and, and help them feel safe that if what I talk about doesn't make sense, that it's my job to reframe it in a different way so they can understand what I'm trying to tell them if they want to learn. You know, some people don't want that information. All right. So Sarah, thank you very much for being on the show. Uh, if somebody wants a copy of the book or wants to know more about uh, you or getting in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah. Go to our website, fulcrumfinancialgroup.com, F-U-L-C-R-U-M-F-I-N-A, 
C-I-A-L group, G-R-O-U-P.com. And on there is the book and you can put in your email and you'll be part of the, the book launch. It's coming out um, as of this recording. It, it should be out in a month and a half. So I'm, I'm in my um, pre-sale and for people that do the pre-sale, they'll, there'll be a lot of swag that goes with it. So Nice. Uh, I'm a big fan of the swag. Well, Sarah Carlson, you are absolutely fantastic. Thank you for writing the book. Thank you for being such a thoughtful financial services professional. And thank you for doing such a good job of giving back and attracting people. Uh, and I think that what you're doing is hopefully going to open the eyes of a lot of people that financial services is something that more people need to get involved in. And on top of that, that we start really attracting a much more diverse and equitable, pop equitable population that comes into financial services because it's really the right thing. I absolutely agree. And thank you, Matt. Thank you for the service you provide us as an industry, helping me us be better professionals. And uh, bottom line is there's so many people that aren't being served, right? We, there's a lot of opportunity to help be of service. So thank you. Yeah. And everybody, you know, what you give, you get back tenfold. You know, I'm sure that there's all sorts of religious references to that, but I'm just going to leave that with you. The more you give away, the better off you're going to be not only personally, professionally, but also spiritually. And with that, listen, if you want to learn how to start your own podcast, if you want to learn how to start creating your own content, join the Pod Rocket Academy for free, everybody. It's free. Okay. There's no strings attached. Yes. If you want to upgrade, there's some paid levels, but that's not the point. If you want to just find out who we are and what we do and how you can do it yourself, please join the pod rocket academy at podrocketacademy.com we would love to have you now last but not least if you're thinking about writing a book is sarah and i could have dove deeply into the book writing process but you know what i've had a couple other shows that we've done that um but i am sure that if you follow her content which you should by the way you should really uh connect with her on linkedin there are a lot of wonderful pieces and little drops of wisdom that she puts in about talking about the book. Uh, and, and Sarah, maybe what we do is, you know, after uh, you're officially launched and you're, you get the feedback and all this stuff, I'd love to have you back on the show. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the book launch. Let's talk about what you learned from that. Uh, if you would do anything differently. So let's make sure, uh, I'll make sure that my team reaches out and get you back on the show uh, post-haste. So with that, everybody, um, for all of us here at Proudmouth, this is Matt Hallern, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. If you want to know more about how you can be your own loud, visit us at proudmouth.com and sign up for the Pod Rocket Academy. Through courses and office hours led by professional podcast producers and digital marketers, you will learn everything you need to know to become the trusted subject matter expert you were meant to be.